You're listening to a message provided by Antioch Bible Baptist Church in Gladstone, Missouri. We intend this to be a helpful resource to you as you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. This is intended especially for those who are unable to attend our worship gatherings and therefore were unable to hear the teaching of God's Word. This should not replace your gathering with our church as a member. If you're checking us out for the first time and are looking for a church to visit, we hope that you enjoy this content and that it impacts you personally. Thanks for listening. We're going to start another season of prayer and fasting as a church family next Monday, uh, September the 12th. If you'll remember last year, uh, we did a season of prayer and fasting as we were seeking the Lord's direction for our church and our future together. And as us as a pastoral team have talked about it, we just feel like, why wouldn't we do that again? I mean, seeking the Lord together, and so we have talked about it, and we just really believe that uh, it's a good for us as a church family to, again, go after God through prayer and fasting. And so we'll begin that next Monday, September the 12th. Uh, next Sunday, we'll have cards on the table that will remind you of what we do during this season, where we commit to as a church family to pray five days a week, five minutes a day. We take one meal a week and we fast from that meal in order to seek the Lord. Um, We gather once a month and we have been doing this, but we'll continue. We gather once a month on a Sunday night at 5 p.m. to pray together as a church family. Then on the heels of that, we'll do a 24-hour prayer time where we break it down into 30-minute time slots and we as a church family sign up for those. And so we pray through the night starting after right after the prayer gathering at six o'clock and we go all the way the next day till five o'clock and so we believe this just helps us orientate our heart to God and it is important for our church family to do it and here's the thing that I love about prayer is that prayer is not just for old people right that as much as a five-year-old can go into the presence of God and pray to God, so can a 95-year-old. It knows no age limit. And prayer is an important part of our relationship with God and our church family. And so today, I just want to take a minute and a quick 20 minutes and remind you of the importance of prayer in your life. So here's my one point for today, all right, so that we can stay on task together as a church family and be done in 20 minutes. Here's the one point I want to make today, and that is this. Our view of God determines our perspective on prayer. Our view of God determines our perspective on prayer. Prayer. You see, oftentimes when we, when you hear and I hear the term prayer, immediately my mind goes to how, when, where, what, all that kind of questions. Like, how should I pray? What should I pray? When should I pray? And we go immediately to the action of prayer rather than taking a step back and understanding how I view God changes the way or determines my perspective on prayer. How I view God really is at the heart of how and what we pray. So we have to start with our view of God before we get to the act of prayer itself. Let me prove this point to you. If you view God, if I view God as a distant deity, then our perspective of prayer is like we're talking to the wall, right? 
that it's not really getting anywhere because he's too busy for me. So it's just a ritual that I go through. So if I view God as a distant deity, my perspective of prayer is that these are just rituals. It's not really getting past the, the ceiling or the walls. It's just something you do. Here's, here's how I could know that maybe you feel this way towards God is if you grew up going to big, beautiful churches or mosques or temples where you would go into these buildings and you would say the same rote prayers over and over again, right? And you would come the next week and you would say the same rote prayers. And so as you're saying these things, it seems as if God is just a distant deity. He doesn't really know what's going on with your life and you just have to say these things. And so maybe at some point in the roteness, in the repetitiveness of the words that it'll break through and he'll actually respond. So if I view God as a distant deity, that's going to think, change my perspective on how I pray. Another way that we can view God wrongly is we view God as an angry dictator. If we view God as an angry dictator, our perspective on prayer is like a rule we have to follow to appease him. So it's a requirement we must do. So he's this angry dictator in heaven and we've got to talk to him every once in a while so that he, he sort of doesn't get really, really angry with us. If you grew up in legalism, this is, could be your perspective of God, right? That he's some kind of distant deity and you've got to pray because if you don't pray, then all these other things, bad things are going to happen to you. But as long as you're appeasing the dictator, then good things will happen. He'll take good care of you. But the moment you stop praying is the moment that it's going to go bad for you. And so some of us view God as an angry dictator. So that determines our perspective on prayer. Some of us view God as a talent finder. And so our perspective, perspective on prayer then is it's a show we have to perform so God will be impressed with us, right? So we got to pray a certain way and do a certain thing because God is a talent finder looking down from heaven saying, whoa, that person really prays good. And I think I'll listen to their prayer instead of that prayer. That was weak, right? Like that God's some kind of talent finder. I think if you grew up in a, in a place where there was expressive places of prayer or worship where they spoke in tongues or they had a special prayer language. And it was like, I could never do that. Or I could never speak in that prayer tongue because I don't have that ability. And I just wish that I could get to their level that God's some kind of talent finder that's looking down to see who's going to speak the best to me. And then I'll choose that person to listen to the prayer. But here's the reality church. We don't base our thoughts about God on our experiences or what we have seen, right? We don't take our view of God and say, this is what I grew up with, or this is what I've experienced. At Antioch, we believe that the way we know God is through the word of God. Right? And so our view of God doesn't come from what we grew up in or what we've experienced, our view of God comes from the word of God. So as we think about this idea that our view of God determines our perspective on prayer, we have to ask ourselves, well, what does the Bible say about how we should view God when it comes to prayer? 
Well, I think the Bible clearly answers this question. So open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at a passage in Matthew chapter 6 and a passage in Matthew chapter 7. So we're asking the question, all right, if, if this is true, the view of God, our view of God determines our perspective on prayer and we're not to view God as a distant deity, an angry dictator or a talent finder, then how does the Bible say we should view God and how will that perspective affect our view of prayer? So look at Matthew chapter six. This is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He's talking to his disciples and those who've gathered there and he's teaching them about prayer. And listen to what he says. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. So what do these hypocrites do? They think God's a talent finder. That he's looking down to see how impressive people's prayers are. And so he says, don't be like them that stand on the street corners and pray these impressive prayers and draw attention to themselves. Why? Because I truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, followers of Jesus Christ, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your what? Everybody say that with me. Father, who is in secret and your, everybody say it. Father who sees in secret will reward you. So Jesus is giving us the view of God that he wants us to have because it's going to change our perspective on prayer. He goes on in verse seven and keeps talking. He says, and when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do for they think that they will be heard for their many words. What what is he talking? He's saying, don't be like the person that thinks God's a distant deity. And like, if they say more words than another person, that he's going to open heaven and and answer their prayers. Don't, don't be that guy, right? Don't be the person that says prayers over and over and over again, just empty phrases because you're trying to get God's attention because he's a distant deity. But look at verse eight, do not be like them for your what? Father knows what you need before you ask him. So what is Jesus trying to get us to see about God that will change our perspective on prayer? He's trying to get us to understand that our view of God as a loving father determines our perspective on prayer. Because if you go on in verse nine, I don't have this on the screen, but if you go to verse nine and Jesus begins to teach them how to pray, what does he say? Pray then like this, what? Our father. So even in teaching them to pray, he's saying your view of God is not, oh, supreme leader. Oh, angry dictator. He's no, our father. Because he's saying your view of God determines your perspective of prayer. Jump to chapter 7 and look at verses 7 through 11. Jesus continues this thinking of the right view of God gives us the right or determines the right perspective on prayer. He says in verse 7, ask 
and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if he, his son asks him for bread, now Jesus is using an analogy of a father and son here. If he asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. If your Bible's like mine, it's got a question mark, right? After it. And so the, the point is, well, that's ridiculous. A, a father wouldn't allow his son to ask for a bread and he wouldn't give him a stone. He goes on in verse 10 and says, or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. The same idea, it's absurd. This is a question that's supposed to be like, well, that's totally, that would be horrible for that father to do that. Doesn't even make sense. And then I love Jesus' words in verse 11. If you then who are evil... <laughs> Don't you love Jesus? Just honest, right? Like, you're evil. You're sinners. I'm not, right? Like, I know who you are. If you're evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your what? Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him. Jesus is saying our perspective, our view of God should be that God is a loving father. He's not an angry dictator. He's not a distant deity. He's not a talent finder. He is a loving father. And if we view God as a loving father, our perspective on prayer then is it is a response to him. It's a response to his love. Think about your salvation. Think about the day you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. What happened in that day? On that day, you responded to God's love. How do I know that? Romans 5.8. God demonstrated his love towards you and that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. So salvation is our response to a loving father who sent his son in our place. And that's salvation. You know this. Let's quote this together. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal or everlasting life. What is the point? God loved us. How do we know he loved us? He sent his son and our response is belief and trust to him. That's how salvation works. So that's how our relationship with God our father works as salvation comes from having a right view of God that we're responding to him. So our perspective on prayer comes in clear when we have a right view of God. When we see him as a loving father, then prayer is a response to that love. Prayer is us seeing God correctly and saying he's a loving father that wants us to bring our heart to him. Let me end with this illustration. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to go with my family up to Topeka to be with my 
parents. And what we do is we take every month, we gather to celebrate birthdays of the month. So it's September birthdays, which is mine and my sister-in-law's and my nieces. And so we get there and my mom, she's taught kindergarten. I I think this is like 48. I, I can't really figure out. It's been a lot of years she's taught kindergarten. So to walk into my mom's house is a kindergarten heaven, right? So it's your birthday. What that means is you got a sign on the wall that's your birthday. I got to tell you a funny story quickly. My mom, when I became the senior pastor, we went through that whole thing. We went to their house after that Sunday. My mom had taken from her kindergarten classroom. It was like stars shooting out and she had wrote congratulations and it was on the wall. So it's in my office, this kindergarten picture. That's just my mom. You know, it's so, you can't get kindergarten out of her. So when we go there for birthdays, this is how it works. Our pictures are on the wall. Happy birthday. My sister-in-law, I'll tell you how old she is because she doesn't go to church. You're 56. She's turning 56. She had her do 56 and blow out the candles. It's all, it's really cute. My mom does this and we just roll with it, right? It's mom. It's good. We love her. It's fun. But when we got there, we were the first ones there, even though my brother and his families live in town, we beat them there from Kansas City. We roll in and I see my dad. When I walk in the front door, I see my dad in the back of the house on the deck doing something. And here's the deal. I had an opportunity to view my dad in a certain way when I walked in the door. I could have viewed my dad as a distant deity when I walked in that door. So there's my dad in the back putting together yard games that he wants us to play together. And I could have seen him as a distant deity and walked in the door and knew I can't go because dad's aloof to me. He doesn't care about me. So I could stand inside when I got there and sort of jump up and down like, dad, look at me, look at me, right? Like I could do that. I could try to get his attention outside the glass. I could yell as loud as I could. But if I viewed my dad as a distant deity, that's probably how I would have approached him, right? Because he's too busy. He doesn't have time for me. He's putting together yard games. Like he's a distant deity. And this is how some of us view God when we think of prayer. That we've got to somehow jump up and get his attention. And he's way over there. And, and, and unless we do some crazy stuff, he won't, he won't view us. Or I could have viewed my dad when I walked in the house as an angry dictator. And if I viewed him as an angry dictator, I probably would have sprinted across the house, opened the sliding door and began to apologize. Dad, I'm so sorry that I wasn't here earlier. I'm sorry that you're having to put the cornhole together and the hillbilly golf. I should have been here earlier and started doing that for you. Please forgive me. You go inside, have mom make you a glass of tea. You sit down because I need to do this. I'm sorry. I don't want to make you mad. Please, please just let, I could have viewed my dad as that as an angry dictator. And that's how some of us view God. We sprint into his presence, like, please don't be angry with me. I'm sorry, I messed up again this week, blah, 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 blah. And I just gotta appease you so that you're not gonna make me more miserable. And I gotta do these right things. I could have viewed my dad like that. Or I could have viewed my dad as a talent finder. So as I'm walking back there, I'm thinking through, okay, I gotta say the right things. I gotta do the right kind of hug. And then I got to say the right things to my dad because I want him to find me impressive. So I'm going to use a big word. I'm going to talk about something in his past that'll make him feel important, right? Like I'm going to try to impress my dad. So when I slide the glass door open, it's like, I got good words. Hello, father, right? How are you doing today? 
Good. What have you been up to this week, right? Like I got it down because I want to say the right things. But here's how I viewed my dad when I walked into the house. When I saw my dad on the back, I see my dad as a loving father. And so what did I do? As soon as I walked in the house, I didn't hug my mom, right? I went straight to the back. I slid the door open and I went back there and I gave my dad a big hug. And I said, man, it's good to see you, dad. Can I help you put together the cornhole? Can I help you put together the hillbilly golf? I could sort of tell what he was doing. And then you know what? We just started talking. Because why? He's a loving father. And that's how we view our relationship with God as a loving father, that we just slide the glass door open and it's like the relationship just continues. I don't gotta do anything special. It's just a conversation, a hug, a let's keep talking about life, right? That's how we should view God. And when we view God, it changes our perspective on prayer. So when you hear prayer, a season of prayer and fasting, my question to you is, do you think a distant deity? Do you think angry dictator? Do you think a talent finder? Or do you think loving father? Because our view of God determines our perspective on prayer. And if we view him as a loving father, then a season of prayer and fasting is like, let's go. Let's slide the door open. Let's slip back there with him and let's have a conversation and let's respond to his love for us. Father, thank you for your word that tells us how to view you and especially how to view you when it comes to prayer. And so I thank you that when Jesus was giving his sermon on the Mount, that he took a moment to, to change our view of you so that it would change our perspective of prayer. And Lord, I pray for those in our church family who have a wrong view of God, that they see you as a distant deity or an angry dictator or a talent finder. May Lord, you take those wrong thoughts out of their mind and may you replace them with your word and the right thoughts of you that you are a loving father. And that you're so loving, you even know what they need before they ever ask. And so what that means is you want a relationship with us. You've called us to pray, not because you don't know what's going on, but because you know and you desire for us to be in right relationship with you. And so I pray, Lord, that as we move into this season of prayer and fasting as a church family, and I pray that families sitting in this room would make it a priority, even within their families, to say, we're gonna do this together as a family, that Lord, we would have a right view of you as a loving father, and that would totally change this next four months of seeking you through prayer and fasting. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome at Antioch. If you desire more information, please go to antiochbbc.org. That's antiochbbc.org. God's best to you.